That's how I want the Lord to find me. That's how I want the Lord to find me. Nehemiah 8 and 5 says, when Ezra opened the book, all the people stood up. My brothers and my sisters, let me talk to us a few minutes from the subject, when going to church pays off. When going to church pays off. And it's found in the 73rd number of the Psalms. It reads, and if you'll follow me, uh, that 16th verse, uh, it really starts at the first verse, but I want to zero in on that, uh, that uh, 16th verse. And before it's over, I will have told you about the, all them verses. It says, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Have you ever been pained? When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until I went to church. Do y'all hear me? I had pain. Pain. Until I went to church. Now, just in case somebody say I'm not treating it right, let me let me say it just like it is. It says, "On uh, when it, when I thought to know this, when I when I start thinking about it, it was too painful for me. I, I was suffering pain until I went into the sanctuary. That's that's the church, y'all. Can I get a witness in here? All right, all right." Until I went into the sanctuary, then I understood how these evil folks are going to end up. That's the cabinet's interpretation of that. I found out that really these evil folks are on slippery places. Right? One foot on the graveyard, another on the banana peeling. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou casted them down to destruction. Now that's the word of God for the people of God to the glory of God. Now would you be so kind as to turn to someone, anyone, somebody, everybody, and repeat after me. Tell them, my friend, for the Christian believer, for the Christian believer, there is nothing better than going to church. Amen. Thank you. My brothers and my sisters, life itself is an ongoing struggle. If you ain't had some struggles, then you just keep on living. Don't close the book. Life has some ongoing struggles. Every day brings new challenges. And these challenges come to every last one of us. 
If it's not one thing, it's another. Not one of us, by our own little finite selves, are spared by this paradoxical dilemma. It comes to the good folks, and it comes to the bad. It comes to the saved, and it comes to the unsaved. However, when it comes to the saved, we know where we can get an answer. We can always get the answer in the sanctuary of God, in the church of God, in Jesus Christ. My brothers and my sisters, can I tell you this morning that it pays to go to church? Can I get a witness here this morning? It pays to go to church. Going to church pays off. We urge and we encourage folks, especially believers, to come to church. We beg them to come to church. We, we should not have to beg a Christian believer to come to church. That's where you get your answer. You out there struggling and fighting hard and all that. Come to church. You get something in church that you can't get anywhere else. There's something in the church that does for you what no other place or facility can do. Am I up here just talking to myself? Can I hear? I need somebody need to answer me. Somebody need to help me. Can I get can can I tell you that the Lord is in this place? We talk about my church, us church, and this is our home and this is our house. And, oh no, my friend, this is not your house. This is not my house. This is the house of God in Christ Jesus. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it mixed up. This is God's house. You heard him saying in Becca 2.20, he said, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep hush, keep silent before him. That's why we don't, we don't smoke in this house. When I came here 61 years ago, folk were smoking upstairs in the office. We don't smoke in this house. We don't lie in this house. Amen, pews. Lights. Hallelujah. We, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't cheat in this house. We don't gossip in this house. We don't backbite in this house. I heard the Lord said, be still and know that I am God and this is God's house. The ground you stand on is holy ground. The carpet you walk on. The pews you sit in are holy, sanctified, set apart. You don't come in this house to hate on people. You don't come in this house to insult people. You don't come in this house to refuse to speak to people. You don't come into this house engaging in innuendo and disparaging activity. No. We come here to hear the word from the Lord. Is there a word? Yes, there is a word from the Lord. You remember in the Bible, book of Jeremiah 37, 17, where King Zedekiah sent for him and had him brought to the palace where he asked him privately, is there a word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, there's always a word from the Lord. In this holy place, our ears always listening for a word from the Lord. 
Now, if you don't get anything in this place, it might mean a variety of things. You probably don't get anything because you don't bring anything here to get it with. Oh, I'm preaching this morning, y'all. I said, if you don't get anything in this place, it might mean that you didn't bring nothing here to get something with. You know, you have to bring something to get something. Boy, I didn't text him. He going to whoop me. I told him, you got to bring something to get something. <laughs> you, you can't come in here and experience the fire of the Holy Ghost with the ice of the devil. Y'all getting quiet on me. I said, you can't come here and experience the fire of the Holy Ghost with the eyes of the devil. No, no, you got to bring something to get something. I dare you, I double dog dare you, to bring a clean heart and upright spirit into this house and not leave here with the power of God, the fellowship of Jesus Christ, and the unction of the holy anointing of God in Christ. This is the place where my Jackie says that you can educate your mind Evoke your emotions, energize your determination, reconstruct your goings, and you're coming. You know, that's, that's jacket. That ain't under me. I didn't say that. <laughs> this is the place where the Lord not only promised to meet you at the altar, but he said, if you come in unto me, all ye that labor, I will give you rest. Well, if you don't quite understand what I'm talking about, if you don't understand where I'm coming from, let me introduce you to a saint by the name of Asaph. Asaph was one of the song leaders of David. He was one of the men that David appointed to conduct the song service. Asaph was a Levite who ministered before the dwelling place of the tabernacle of the congregation. Asaph was not a half-hearted, inconsistent churchgoer. He was in a position of leadership. He ministered before the dwelling place of the tabernacle of the congregation. He was a Levite surrounded by other Levites. His company were the Kohatites and the Gerishites, burden bearers in his ministry. They were not bench warmers, they were key players. They didn't sit in the sink shadows and observe. They were on the platform serving God publicly. It's safe to say that Asaph served in the tabernacle and then in the temple after Solomon built it. He would no Johnny come lately to the church and the house of the Lord. He had been serving the Lord for a long time, but something kept on nagging him. He had a very serious problem that was tearing his spirit apart. He was sensitive, introspective, and a wise man, but this problem created doubt and dubiosity in his spirit and in his soul. So he lamented the dilemma he was in. Asaph was torn with the question of why do these evil folks seem to prosper? Why are they able to gain so much success by wrongdoing? How can they get away with paying, not paying for their sins? On the other hand, why do those who strive to put God first in their lives often have more trouble why do bad things keep on happening to good people? These are the age-old questions that followers of God have always asked. Asaph wrestled with this perennial problem of reconciling God's moral government with, with observed facts. This was retribution principle. Righteous folks should be the one who prosper. Can I get a witness here? Wicked folk are the ones who should suffer. But here it is in black and white. It seems that wicked folk are always prospering and righteous folk are always suffering. He said, but lest you, everyone understand. He said, I'm not talking about the Lord now. I want you to know that I believe that the Lord is good. I want you to know that God is good. Read that when you get home. I know that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. 
But one thing I cannot understand, one thing I cannot fathom, one thing I cannot understand, and that is why these evil folk, wicked folk, demonic folk, devilish folk, why do they seem to prosper and good folk seem to suffer? Even though Asaph knew the goodness of God, he still struggled with, struggled with feelings of envy toward those who had rejected God, but were nevertheless experiencing a prosperous life. Asaph moved and contemplated that situation and he concluded that they are maintaining a prosperous lifestyle. They are increasing in riches. These feelings cause him great distress and pain. Think about it. Here I am trying to do all the good I can for the Lord. I'm trying to work for the Lord all I can. I can't seem to get a break. I work hard and try to do what's right. I love God. I love my neighbor and try to treat everybody right. Yet I'm observing some of these evil folk. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm observing some of these hateful folk, these selfish folk, these pride-filled, pompous, hypocritical, law-brighting folk who not only get all the breaks and live on the top of the world, but seem to continue to get richer and richer. They live in big houses. They, they, work, they work the devil all the time. Don't get me wrong, he said. I say that surely God is good to his people. Asaph said he honors those who live pure, clean life before him. But Asaph continued to say that troubles caused me so much grief that he had almost slipped and almost fallen down. Asaph, I was losing my faith. Abraham found himself, Asaph found himself envying those who were wicked. For many of them were prosperous. Life without God seemed to work out just fine for the wicked. They appeared to be a, have a carefree and happy life. And Asaph wondered about this problem. It seemed futile and to stay pure. He asked himself, why should he bother when nothing good seemed to be coming his way? Asaph was honest before God in his feelings about his observation, but he did not dare speak it out loud. He might have betrayed others who were weak in their faith. And Asaph tried to understand why God allowed the evil, evil folks to prosper. And he just could not figure it out. Listen to it. He said, but as for me, my feet had almost gone. My steps had well now slipped. I was envious against the fool, foolish folks. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, these are the ungodly folk who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. When I thought to know this, he said, it was too painful for me. It was painful. It was heart-wrenching. It was harrowing. It was piteous. But then he hit the magic marker. You know what he did. He said, I went to church. Can I get a witness in this house? He said, I went to church. I got into the sanctuary. Then I began to come to myself. I don't quite understand why these so-called Christian folk don't understand that it pays to go to church. Going to church pays off. The sanctuary, the church has some blessings that no other institution or organization can offer. All of Asaph's problem was solved when he went into the sanctuary of God. The church is not a get out of jail free card for believers. You face death and you face loss, you face rejection, hatred, and the consequences of your action. You don't get a, to escape just because you go to church. Even when you enter the church and truly believe in Jesus Christ, it still doesn't exempt you from all of life's stings and arrows. 
Church is for the strengthening of your faith with fellow believers. Church is for hearing and listening to the receiving the word of God. When the church of God adheres to listening to the word of God, somehow or another discouraged folks cheer up. Dishonest folk freeze up. Sour folk sweeten up. Closed folk open up. Gossipers shut up. Conflicted folk make up. Sleeping folks wake up. Lukewarm folk fire up. And dry bones shake up. And pew potatoes stand up. Churches for a collective and individual prayer. Church assists you in growing your relationship with Christ. Church is not a payment you do so you can have an easy life. Church is for increasing your faith, renewing your mind, and opening your heart to the possibility of all of God's precious promises. There's something reverent about simply being inside a church. Don't you feel better this morning sitting in this church? Don't you feel good sitting in this church? It gives us a physical space to connect and draw closer to God and to realize that there is something out that's bigger than ourselves. Plus, entering the house of worship, we're instantly elevated to a state where we're opening ourselves to God and trying to understand what God would have us to do. The simple act of walking in the door brings you closer to God. Ultimately, that connection with God is strengthened and reinforced by church attendance. We're making time for God and physically allowing him to enter our lives, attending a worship place of worship. Church allows us to feel reverence in the chaos of every day. Do you ever long for peace, quiet and reverence? When we attend church, we are transported to a place of worship and peace. The Lord said, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Jesus. I'm glad I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. I'm always amazed at the peaceful feeling that washes over me the minute I walk into this building. It's a place of calm and a place of joy. Attending church can help us revisit the revealed state regularly. It gives us a space to pray and express humility and gratitude. It allows us to feel at peace and gives us respite from the hustle and bustle of our old, old everyday life. Let me hasten to get out of here. Just going to church just going to church is not enough. You got to do a little more than that. The story is told about a little boy. He asked his dad, Dad, uh, did Grandpa uh, make you go to Sunday school when you were my age? His father said he sure did. We went every Sunday. The boy said sadly, well, I bet it won't do you any good either. It, it is not good enough to go to church, my brother. We must apply the Bible, I said, and let the Bible speak to us. Can I get somebody in here to help me say going to church pays off? Listen to what he said. It was too painful to me until, until, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood, surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. Thus my heart was grieved and I was pricked to my ring. So foolish was I and ignorant I was that a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. Read it when you get home. And afterward receive me in glory. And he said, Whom have I but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth. But God, put that on there. But God, but God. is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. My brother and my sisters, God's people, 
God's people ought to love the church. Let me tell you something. In church, in church, I tell you, in church, Asaph learned that the steps of a good man. Asaph learned that the steps of a good woman are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. He said, though he may fall, he shall not utterly be cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his right hand. And then he went on to say, I've been young. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I've been young. Now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. In church, y'all, in church, in church, in church. He said, the Lord, I learned that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley and the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence, hallelujah, of my enemy. What about that? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of folks who don't like me, folks who hate me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou knowest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, help me Holy Ghost, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Y'all help me? In church, I said going to church. In church, Asaph learned that the Lord is my life. And my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. The hope shall be kept against me. My heart shall not fear. The wall shall rise against me. That's where I be confident. One thing, not a whole lot of things. One thing, have I desired of the Lord. I seek after I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in the pavilion. He shall set me upon a rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can I get somebody here to help me say the church, going to church pays off? In church, ASAP learn what we learn in Romans 8.31. What this shall we say to these things? If God, if God be for us, that's what you learn in church. If God be for us, who can be against us? In church, Asap learned, with the Lord on your side, one can chase a thousand and two can put 10,000 to flight. Except their God rock hath sold them and the Lord has shut them down. In church, y'all, in church, we learned what Isaiah was saying. He said, no weapon, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And no accusation heard that you will God not adjudicate. In church, I say in church, in church, Asaph learned, they that wait, oh, somebody need to help me here. I say in church, Asaph learned, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Mind up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. How many times have I told us this morning to call on God 
no breath is lost, talk on. To walk with God, no strength is lost, walk on. And to wait on God, no time is lost, wait on. Let me try to get out of here now. But before I go, I want to tell you one more time that it pays to go to church. I don't know where I would be this morning if it had not been for the church on my side. I started out as a Christian on my Christian journey long time ago. Some of the best days of my life have been in the church. So every time God gives me one more chance to be in the church, I want to tell him thank you. Thank you for the man who built the church. Thank you for the man, Jesus Christ, that's keeping this church alive. Hallelujah. Dr. J James Dobson talked about a missionary who came home after a long career overseas. As a man of great gifts, he had passed up the opportunity for a lucrative career in the States to serve in some island in the Pacific. And someone asked him a question, the inevitable question. Don't you re regret giving up a promising career in the state? He replied that as a young man, he had indeed wrestled with that reality. For many months, he had argued with God and attempted to make a deal whereby he would serve God if God would agree to certain conditions. But he had no peace in his soul. And finally, one day, he said, I went into the sanctuary. Finally, one day, he said, I went into the church. He said, I nailed at the altar and determined to stay there until the matter was settled. For a long time, he said he argued with God about his life. But every time he tried to offer conditions, he felt the Lord refusing him. Finally, he sensed the Lord saying to him, sign a blank piece of paper and give it to me. Sign a blank piece of paper and give it to me. The man did just that. And the Lord said, now, now let me fill in the detail. That was the turning point of his life. Everything that had happened since then, he said simply, God was filling in the detail. My brothers and my sisters, what is keeping you from obeying God today? Where is the moral paralysis in your life? What is God calling you to do? that you are resisting right now. Do you see where your resistance is hurting you? Yesterday, a friend spoke to me about the struggles in his life. He said that he envisioned his life as a great ship with the Lord at the helm. But every, ever so often, he wants to tap God on the shoulder and ask him, are you sure you're doing what you're doing? We feel, all feel that way sometimes. But I tell you this morning, there's a steady hand at the helm and he doesn't need any help from you or me. But you'll never know until you give him one control of your life until you go into the church and into the sanctuary. Let me tell you, just before I go to my seat, Frank C. Huston put it like this. He said, it pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day. It pays every step of the way. Though the pathway to glory may sometime be clear, you'll be happy each step of the way. Frank said it pays to serve Jesus whatever betide. It pays to be true whatever you may do. 
it's riches of mercy in him to abide in pace to serve Jesus each day. Though sometimes the shadows may hang over the way and sorrow may come to beckon us home, our precious Redeemer each toil will repay. It pays to serve Jesus each day. Can I ask you this morning and tell you this morning that it pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day. It pays every step of the way. Though the pathway to glory may sometimes be drear, you'll be happy. Come on, Mark. Come on. The service. The service. Of Jesus. Of Jesus. True pleasures of In Him. In Him there is joy. Is joy. Without an alloy. The heaven to trust Him. Tis heaven to trust Him. And rest on His words. And rest on his word. It pays. It pays to, to serve Jesus. Jesus each day. Each day. Hallelujah. Come on, it pays. It pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day of your every life. Every day. It pays. It pays. Every step. Every step of the way. Though the pathway to glory. Though the pathway to glory may sometimes, sometimes be dreamy. You'll be happy. You'll be happy. Each step. Each step. Shall we all stand? The doors of the church oh, are open now. Come on, everybody, help me sing that. It, it pays. It pays. Come on, everybody. To serve Jesus. It pays. It pays every day. It pays. It pays every step of the way. Oh, the pathway. Oh, the pathway to glory may sometimes, may sometimes be dreamy. You'll be happy. You'll be happy. Stay on the way. Come on, everybody. It pays. It pays to serve Jesus. Hallelujah. It pays, pays every, every day. day. It pays, pays every step. Every step of the way. Though the pathway. Though the pathway to, to glory. Glory may sometimes be dreamed. You'll be, be happy, happy each day. day. Oh, the way. 
that last verse said, though sometimes the shadow may hang over the way, sometimes and sorrow the may shadows come to may hang over the way, <laughs> and sorrow, sorrow may come to beckon us home. To beckon us home, our precious Redeemer, our precious Redeemer, each toil will repay. Will repay. It pays. It pays it to serve, to serve Jesus. Jesus each day. Come on, everybody! It pays. It pays to serve. It pays every day. It pays. It pays every step of the way. Though the pathway, the pathway to glory, glory may sometimes, sometimes dream, you'll be happy. You'll be happy. The Lord says, you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The word is not thee. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus saves to the uttermost. To the utmost.